This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Oh, welcome to Friday, Friday at noon, everybody in the Seattle area. It's raining like dogs and cats, or maybe cats and dogs, but that's okay. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about boundaries, and the young lady who has uh, written a book that's called Take No Shoot, you know what I mean, and uh, we're going to talk to Nathan, first of all, to make sure that he has his finger on the button just in case today how are yes i do got my fingers on a lot of buttons today and it's a pleasure to be pushing your buttons kevin (laughs) i appreciate (laughs) getting my buttons pushed because nobody pushes my buttons very often i'm afraid so you know they always talk about what's the weird way you describe your career to somebody well i can say i just talk into thin air all the time and also i say that i like to push people's buttons (laughs) that's that's actually really pretty accurate um and so when somebody says what do you do for a living what is that what you tell them yes uh and then i'll follow it up by saying i work as a producer at a radio station and they're all about that they're really interested in learning all about that aren't they yes so it goes through thin air but eventually it does make it into people's vehicles and gets heard or their phone or computer however they're listening to the show because we got multiple ways you can listen to positive talk radio yeah, let's run through that real quick. You can listen to us, uh, obviously, on KKNW 1150 AM. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also uh, watch us and listen to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And we also stream live from the station. And then KKNW's also got a, a YouTube feed that you can go to that one to listen to us or watch us as well. And most of it is audio video, except for, of course, the radio. Um, we can't do that. But and of it, course, uh, not only are we AM, we're also FM radio too. If you got an HD radio, you can tune it to ninety eight point nine, and then flip it over to the HD three side of it, and you can catch the KKNW on the air in high fidelity. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. We need to. We I need to get the word out about that. That's really awesome. All over the place. I think the only thing we're really missing is just XM. But other than that, we got all the other bases covered. Well, you know, what's fun is that that because I'm and I do podcasts and stuff, but it's all done the same way. It all goes through the same service and it's all audio video and we do all these things. And it's it's amazing. I've I've got um, this month alone. I've had four hundred and fifty listens from Hong Kong. Can you imagine that? Hong Kong. I didn't even know that they speak English there. You'd be surprised. I mean, uh, English is a very universal language that a lot of federal industries use as part of their standards. Well, good point. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, boundaries. We've got a, a really an engaging young young woman with us. Her name is Heather Claus, and she's an author, and she's a coach, and she's a delightful personality. We just really had a good time the last time we chatted, and um, it's just it's just fun to have you here. Welcome to the show, because you've got a lot to say. I do. I have a lot of opinions. 
<laughs> and all of them are good opinions. And you're all about what I really like about you, the work that you do is you've got you've got a, a group that uh, is online and and you've got a structure to it and you've got uh, ways that you're supposed to be. It's it's my curiouser group, isn't it? Yeah, my curiouser dot life and. You know, for me, it's all about encouraging people to uh, create their most authentic, best lives possible, whatever that looks like from human to human, right? Like some people are going to, I mean, just as an example, some people are going to love gardening. Other people are going to love mountain biking. Um, some people really get fulfilled doing, you know, volunteer work through their churches. Other people like to rescue animals. Like whatever this looks like from human to human, chasing your joy, creating your priorities, living your values, and of course, setting your boundaries. See, I knew there was a reason why I wanted you on this show. It's because you've got an, a, a really positive viewpoint of life. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be able to have the freedom and the joy and to love to do whatever they like as long as it doesn't hurt another human being. Am I close? Absolutely. I would the the last part though doesn't hurt another human being. We often hurt people just by being ourselves, right? Because people sometimes aren't a good fit. And that's sad. So I tend to use the word harm because harm is something that lasts. Like, you know, when you're taunted as a child and that lives with you forever, that is harm. Whereas I'm sorry, like, I really like you, but I don't feel that way about you. That is hurt. So yeah. I tend to look at like, we can't avoid hurting others. We can try not to but we can do our dangdest to not harm others. And that's my real focus. I get it. So when I was in uh, high school and I went, went to a dance and I was standing at one end of the gymnasium and this real pretty girl was standing at the other end and I went up to her and to ask her to dance. And she said, no, that would be, um, hurting me mm -hmm. but if she said no and then slapped me across the face that would be harming me that would that would absolutely be harming you or if she said no and then she said something like not nice or not like kind, no. not compassionate <laughs> yeah. you know that would be harm yeah yes indeed and that's um i imagine not being a woman and not having people walk up and ask me to dance. I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine that that comes into play when when somebody comes up and, and you see that they're putting themselves out there and then you try and be kind and compassionate, even if there's something you don't want to do. I, I generally like try to always be kind and compassionate to everyone because I don't know their story. Right. Like, I don't know what brings them to whatever engagement we are having today. And that's also one of my values is to be as much of a positive force in anyone's life that I can also and still live my values. Right. Like, so if they really want me to do something that really doesn't work for me, then I try to be as compassionate as possible in declining as well. Which is your right as a human being. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, I am a, a big fan of radical consent and um, individual rights to boundaries. And um, it's, it's so important to me. Like, I don't ever want to find out that somebody did something with me that they don't want to do. Like that would, that would be, that would be hurtful to me because I don't, I want people in my life to be doing the things they want to do with me. Of course. Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Now, by the way, we're talking with Heather Claus. She's an author, she's a coach and she's a, a marvelous human being, but I wanted to get, let's go back, back into the mists of time. What, how did you get to be the way you are writing the book that you did, uh, had, taking the stances that you have? Where did all this come from? Um, I mean, the, the first thing I will say is that the core of my values and my sense of self came from my parents. My parents are awesome, amazing humans. Like they raised me to believe I could be anything I wanted to be. I was beautiful. I was wonderful. I was talented, yada, 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 yada. And when I got married, um, I ended up in a relationship with a man with amazing potential. And, you know, I did, I loved him very much. And I believe he loved me. And he also um, suffered from uh, some mental challenges, um, illness, and um, turned to alcohol. And it became an abusive marriage. And, um, when I finally left that marriage and then got back together with him and then finally left that marriage again, I started looking deep at that marriage and what it was like, how many steps it took me to get from point A to like where I was and how I allowed um like don't get me wrong i am not taking the blame for the abuse and the harm that was done to me and i can also recognize that there were many little stops along the way where i could have said this is enough that's enough like that's too much for me i won't and and so i started looking at that and this was over 15 years ago and I started learning, and then I didn't use the language at the time of boundaries, but I started learning, oh, I could have set a boundary there. I could have, I could have set a boundary, you know, here, 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 here. Like in my life, the the whole trajectory of my life might have changed. And so over the years, as I have um really dug in and learned about relationships and I have mentored others and I've written about them online and I've talked, I've interviewed hundreds, even thousands of people on different topics related to, you know, love, romance, and, you know, the physical intimacy that goes along with that. And, you know, I've taught, I've traveled the country, I've traveled the world, I've taught classes, I've done webinars, and I've interacted with so many people. So when I, um, I had a bit of a, I don't know, uh, crisis, no, not crisis, but a little like pause last year when I got a, a health diagnosis of, um, a genetic 
um, issue that I had that would require some surgeries. And so I did some like deep searching and I said, I'm 49. I'm about to have four surgeries in nine months. And what is my meaning? And my meaning and my passion uh, is teaching people that I believe that love, romance, and physical intimacy are skills mm-hmm. that can be learned. And I started writing out what I thought like was necessary for all the parts of that. And when I put boundaries in there, my heart and my brain said, that's where I need to begin teaching people about boundaries. So that is the first book in this gigantic project that like, I am so passionate about um, that I finally got out. So you started the first book. How many more books do you have in you? Do you think? Well, I, um, I have. Whew. I mean, I've got at least 10 major oh, wow. planned for this and then some smaller ones. So like the next, this book is, is take no poop spelled, you know, S H and, yeah. um, the next major book is about communication. And that one's going to be, uh, actions speak louder than words or do they, how we miscommunicate and kill our relationships with too much talking. Mm. And, um, but in between there's a chapter from the original take no poop that was about lies and lying that I pulled out cause it was getting really long. And part of it is still in there, obviously, cause you need to know a little bit about that, but it's becoming its own kind of smaller book called when not if they lie, lies and lying in relationships and how to still live a life full of love and trust. So that one's going to be, you know, kind of like a smaller sort of like guide. Um, So at least 10 larger, more serious type books and some smaller ones and, you know, workshops. And of course, I've still got my coaching and I'm I work with couples and individuals. there, singles, partnered, whatever. Anyone who really wants to like live their best life full of, you know, love and romance and intimacy and what they really need to get that authenticity in place for themselves. You just said something that, that I would like to explore a little bit if I can. And and that is you're, you're, you're going to write something about lying yeah, and within a relationship and how to, how to maintain that and how to kind of work it. And, and how do you have a relationship with, for me, lying is a big deal. Oh if yeah. You, if you lie to me, then I don't have any reason to assume that that was a one-off and it's never going to happen again. I will assume naturally that there's a reason why you did. And if you're going to do that, they're You're going to do it again. So therefore I cannot trust you anymore. How is, how do you, how do you interpret that? So yes. And <laughs> yes, and I like humans that. lie. Like it is there is no no there is no human in the world that is one hundred percent truthful all the time. Yeah, that's true. So think about it this way: you're in a relationship, 
what kind of lies are your non-negotiables, right? Is it, oh, I didn't see my text, like a butler lie, right? You know, like, I didn't see that text. That's a, that's, you know, that's one of those commonly accepted polite lies that we offer to people. So it's not that big a deal, right? Or what about that? No, 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 no. I'm fine. Okay. When I say I'm fine, I might not be fine, but I'm not ready to talk about it with you, or I haven't figured out exactly how I'm, these are lies, whether or not they're positive lies or polite lies or little white lies or butler lies or whatever it is, we lie. Or what about, you know, when you're getting to know somebody and you ask them something and they sort of like, you know, put it off and later you find out they just weren't ready to talk about it yet, but they didn't know how to say, hey, Kevin, you know, I don't really know you that well yet. And that's none of your business. So we lie and we lie in relationships. The key is, does that lie actually harm? And what are we able and willing to put up with? And how do we also, here's a big one. And have you ever been in a relationship where somebody asked you a question you gave them an honest answer and they got upset with you. Oh, sure. And so then the next time they asked you a question like that, your brain was like, danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> I don't know I should answer that. <laughs> so maybe you didn't answer it fully or you sort of slid around the question. You weren't ready to have that kind of conversation right now, right? So how do we create in our relationships a space that encourages openness, honesty, and authenticity? And how do we create in ourselves the openness, honesty, and authenticity to state exactly how we feel as compassionately and kindly as possible regardless of what we think the consequences might be. And there is the challenge, right? There's both sides of that. Oh, yeah. Well, just thinking of when you were saying, when you were saying uh, if somebody says, like, how are you? Now, that is a just a common phrase that yeah. everybody says. How are you? Nice to see you. How, what's going on? And stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, but oftentimes, you don't have any meaning behind that statement. You don't want to necessarily know how they really are. So if somebody then, if you say, how are you? And they throw up all over you, you know, uh, then you're, you're probably like, I wasn't expecting that. I just wanted to say you to say, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, so how do we, and this is, it's, it's, and I, I talk about boundaries in the sense of um, obviously communication is a part of it, but also in the sense of um, lies and boundaries, right? So when we talk, when I talk about boundaries, I'm not just talking about 
this is what I do not want. This is what I do not allow. This is what I want less of. But also, here is what I prioritize. Here is what I value. So when somebody says to me, you know, like, hey, how are you? I can say, you know, my day is going well, you know, and mean that. I can also say, I've been having a crazy time with, you know, X, Y, Z. Do you have a few minutes to talk about it? Like if it's a friend of mine, right? Like, and I give them the opportunity to opt in to something more than that surface conversation. Yeah. Or, you know what? I've had better days and, you know, I'd love to sit down with you for 15 or 20 minutes at some point and talk about it. Right. Like, and just, offer that, but not also, as you said, not vomit or trauma dump is another, you know, language for it. Not trauma dump just because they asked a polite question. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Cause I, I, you're right in our interactions with each other every day, we all say things that we don't mean mm -hmm. we all, um, and it's not it's not a malicious thing no but, but where i draw the line is when i can tell that somebody is doing something that is intentionally trying to either hurt somebody else or they're trying to get out of something that has already hurt somebody else or something along those lines where it's like rather than them saying well I, I'm truly sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, you know, they say, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Well, you did. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, I mean, also understand that some people, like when I came out of my abusive marriage, I I have to admit, I had learned to lie. I had Jeez. learned to lie to avoid you know, that thing I knew was coming or to try to put it off. Or sometimes I even had learned to lie so I could make it happen now instead of later when I knew something else had to be going on and us arguing would be in the way of that. Like, seriously. And so, you know, coming out of a relationship like that, interacting with people who have had trauma in their past life, you know, in their, and I don't mean like they're past life but i mean like in their past relationship <laughs> earlier life earlier life yeah life. sure and um you know so sometimes you know as you're getting to know somebody you find these little things that don't add up do they matter is one question and then the second question would be how do we still encourage authenticity like say you are safe to have the truth with me Mm-hmm. That's 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 really cool. I I I gotta I, I gotta. So in your marriage, you would actually pick a fight at the opportune time by lying, so that you knew that if we got this done now, we don't have to do it later because we've got plans later, and so we might as well get through the the whole thing until we get done yeah. with that, and then we can have yeah. a good time. Like, because I think anyone out there who has been in an abusive situation sure. learns the signs and the triggers 
and knows what can set it off and how to avoid a lot of it, but you know you can't avoid it forever. So the question is, is it better to get it over with now when it'll be a smaller blow up or wait until it might come as a surprise? And you also know that generally they're not going to like blow up you know, like every single day. So you can sort of say, ooh, something's, something's brewing. And, you know, we've got something coming up and I need that to be as chill as possible. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is, it is, it is amazing how the human mind works. And I was able to justify all of that as I was going through it as like, this is normal. Like seriously, like that, and I don't know how I got there. Like I, I do know how I got there, but looking back, it's amazing how, the changes in who I was to get to that point. I can, I can imagine. Well, it's it's one day at a time. Isn't it, it is boiling a frog, as they say. Put it in cold water and then take the heat up just a little bit at a time. That's exactly what it is. And also add in there. He said he loved me, and I, I believe he did. I, I don't, I don't actually think any of this was malicious. It was he was ill, right? Like he, he yeah. was not in a good place, and um, he said he loved me. And of course, I assumed that somebody who loved me would never hurt me. That's, that's I, that. I'd never been hurt by somebody I love. So why? This is this is all like this is all just going so wrong. If I can just help him see. Right. You know, so it's there was there was I I didn't know what I didn't know. I was I my naivete got me locked into something that was very, very difficult for me to get out of. Well, but, you know, something that that is very, very common. Oh, and I'll, I'll, sure. it's, it's it's hugely common. And that's why I'm glad we're talking about it, because there is somebody who's listening in the audience that is going. Uh, that is me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm and having that issue now. There is joy and happiness and love and adventure and all sorts of things on the other side. Now, that's not the other side of this life. It's during this life on the other during side. During this life on the other side of your relationship. Absolutely. Other 100%. side of the trauma. Yeah, By no, way, no. That's, that's, a critical, that's a critical point. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because eventually we are going to get to the other side but that's a whole nother conversation that is and not one i'm qualified to discuss <laughs> by the way we're talking with heather Kloss, and we're going we're to take a break real quick but i just want everybody to know that on her website which is my life, you can go there and uh, actually it's my dot curiouser dot life and if you go there she's got all kinds of things you can join join the group that that she works with and and stuff like that but one of the things that she does say is that um she her current partner is the most amazing man so i want to ask her when we get back from this break she's now got an amazing man her nickname by the way is nookie and she's got an amazing man, and so that means she broke the pattern. She broke the pattern of dating the same guy in a different suit, 
and then going through that again and again until eventually you figure it out. When we come back, I want to ask her how she made that happen for herself because it is very important to everybody that's listening to be able to make those changes and to get it done so that you can be free. Big word there, free. (laughs) You're listening to Positive Talk Radio, and we will be right back after these messages. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcast and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. We've got a heck of a show for you today. And Heather Kloss is with us, and she is uh, an amazing young woman. And she's had um, an experience of life that um, a lot of people would, I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people would not have had the type of experiences in life that you have. And you come out the other side with... Um, you know, you've written a book about boundaries and, but you've, you've also, you've got 10 books in you of different things that you're doing. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Uh, the, the person that you are, um, you have a lot of energy to you and radiance. Um, I, I think you're just, you're just fabulous. And, um, and I don't say that, well, maybe I do, <laughs> but only because of the people that I have on the show. I really, because we do a 15 minute interview prior to 
And if it's if you're not somebody that I really feel will add something to the discussion or to the audience, then we'll figure out some other way to get your message out. But to put you on the radio is important because you can help people. And I want you to give your the them the benefit of your advice right now. How do you have a 15-year um, abusive relationship where you you're there, then you leave, then you come back, and then you have to leave again, and then that's for the last time. And then you want to have another relationship, and you are able to not date the same guy in a different suit, which is what so many of us do uh, because we're stuck in that pattern. How did you break the pattern and learn? And because now you've got, as you put on your website, a wonderful man who takes great, great care of you and you, you're definitely well in love with. I can tell by the smile on your face. Uh, he is, he's the most amazing human I've ever known in my life. Like he's just, he's wonderful. Um, so for me, and this is this is one of the things that I recommend to my clients. There's these these little exercises, and it's it's essentially three steps, and these steps can can take a while. So the first thing is on a on a piece of paper, write down um, the things in your current or past relationships that drained you, the things that hurt you, the things that you know took something from you emotionally, energetically, whatever, write those down. So that could be something as simple as um, he didn't put his dishes in the dishwasher or she was always really negative about me to her friends or, you know, they um, hogged all the covers or whatever it is, right? Like all the things that just really take away from your joy in a relationship. So write a list like that. And then the second step is to write a list of the things that fill you up in your relationships. Like even looking back to past relationships that maybe they were dumpster fires and they've ended and they did not end well, but you can still look at certain things and say, you know what? We were crap at that, but this thing we got right, right? Those things that you can still, you know, kind of feel the warm fuzzies about, like, that filled me up. That's what kept me trying for maybe longer than I should have or, you know, kept me hoping. These are the things that really, like, filled me up because that'll tell you more about who you are in a relationship and what you need, right? And then the third part is looking forward. What do you want, really want from a relationship? What do you want from a partner? And some of that's going to be informed by those other two lists. And some of it's going to be things like, you know, maybe religious beliefs. Like I want a partner who either believes the same thing that I do or accepts my beliefs. Um, mm -hmm. I want a partner who um, makes me laugh 
I want a partner who enjoys travel and adventure, you know, what, whatever those things are. I mean, you could theoretically get as specific as I want somebody who's six foot two with blonde hair and blue eyes and is a multimillionaire. I don't recommend that. I recommend things that are more like, who is this and how do they make you feel in a relationship? And that right there, just going through that process and writing it down and reading it to yourself, even better if you read it out loud because of the way our brains work, writing, thinking is one thing, writing is another thing, reading it is a third thing, and speaking it out loud and then hearing it is another thing. And this teaches our brains what we really want. And this is the sort of thing that I say, you know, take a couple weeks to do it. Take a month to do it. Take take a while. Make sure that you're like, oh, hey, I just thought of something, you know, and you make a note in your phone or whatever it is, um, because that makes a huge difference. When I got out of my abusive marriage, I spent nearly a year, like almost entirely alone, just thinking through things, working on myself. I was like, I am, I am not going to do this again. Like I got to figure out what allowed this to happen. That's inside of me so that I don't do it again. And then as I had those lists, which honestly at the time were incomplete because I didn't, again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I could say, Oh, I don't want anybody like that. But it was harder for me to say, but I want these positive qualities because I, I couldn't even imagine some of them, but it helped me move forward. And then when I started dating, I started engaging with people and adding things to my list on both sides of what I wanted and didn't want. <laughs> and eventually I, I got I got to this partner and I was like, oh, holy fudge sickles. I really like this guy and I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> so <laughs> I said to him, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, this is really important. I want us to be open. I want us to be honest. I want us to, you know, do this right. Cause to me, as much as I like you, as much as I'm drawn to you, it's not worth it to me if we don't get this really really right. And luckily, even though I think he was a little like thinking I might be a little crazy at the time, luckily he felt the same way. You know, he was like, well, I mean, I haven't done great so far. So, you know, how, how bad could this be? You know, I'll, I'll ride this ride with this, this crazy girl until like, I can't handle it anymore. And we just kept handling it. You know, I think we're all kind of that way because we run into two people unless, unless, unless you're, unless you're really pursuing it in a dating site or something, we end up running into somebody that we say that would be a nice person or this would be a nice person. And if they fit some on the list, but a lot of us end up settling. Yeah. And, and settling is something that we do like, the challenge with settling is that when we take somebody who's close, but no cigar, as they say, and 
try very hard to make it work, we end up in that pattern in a relationship of control or be controlled. I need you to be this and you're not. So I'm like, well, why can't you do more? Why can't you be this? Or why can't you do that or whatever? And that's harmful to both of you, right? Trying to make somebody into something that they are not and not accepting them for exactly who they are. And then oftentimes the pattern in that is that you are also then trying to match what they want instead of being who you are because you're trying to make something work that isn't isn't a good fit. And it never will be. It's just one of those, you know, and we, but why, help me here. Why is it that so many people will say, and it's almost everybody, and maybe it's because the couple's thing, you know, you go to a movie by yourself, and you you get the popcorn and you get the, the the pop and you walk in by yourself and people are walk, watching you walk down the aisle and and they're saying to themselves, oh that poor man he doesn't have any friends and you're saying that to you saying that's what they're saying about me and stuff like that or you go out to dinner and you're sitting at a table by yourself oh that poor man he doesn't have any and so is that why we always want to couple up is it the sex thing is it the what what is it mm -hmm. that makes us want to even even if we know and some of us know inherently when we get into a relationship it's not going to end well and we do it anyway so <laughs> you just asked a couple of questions there I did. Um, sorry so I got going <laughs> first and foremost I feel like a lot of people, like you just talked about going to the movie by yourself and going to dinner by yourself and so on and so forth. I feel like a lot of people believe that in order to be whole, you must have that other person. Oh. And I believe, and I practice this on a daily basis and so does my partner, we believe that even though we have that other person, we must be independent to be whole. I still go out to dinner by myself, even though I have a partner. He goes out cycling by himself, even though he has a partner. I go to movies that he doesn't want to go see, even though I have a partner. You know, he goes camping when I don't want to go camping with him, even though he has a partner, because we still need to do the things that fill us up, right? Whether or not it's together. And that's that's a huge key, right? Like I think of relationships and I teach that relationships require a sweet spot in order to like really get on. And so your Venn diagram, you got your circle of this is what I want, right? And this is what you want. And this part in the middle, this where we overlap, that is where we build our relationship. But there's stuff that we don't overlap on. You don't want to go thrifting with me. That's fine. I do that by myself or I do it with my friends, right? I have zero desire to go mountain biking with you, right? So you do that with your friends and you go out and whatever, you know, like these are things that I think it is just as important to cultivate individuality and boundaries within a relationship and 
when you're not in a relationship and you're doing that stuff by yourself, it's fine because you're doing it by yourself anyway, when you want to, this is, this is a choice. I could go, I could, I could get a friend to go with me, or I could be like, this is a, my night. I'm going to go see the movie I want to see. And I'm going to eat a whole tub of popcorn all by myself. If <laughs> I want to. Exactly. Cause, and if, if people are looking at me, you know what? I feel bad for them because they're the ones that are actually concerned about being alone. They're not concerned about me being alone. They're concerned about themselves being alone and projecting that onto me. So there's that. That's huge, yeah, right? Yeah. Like just understanding that we don't need to have somebody with us, whether a partner or a friend or family or whatever, at all times in order to be a complete successful human being i have to tell you a real quick story if i can yeah uh, of course. when i was a bus driver um and bus drivers make pretty good money if you work overtime work a lot of overtime uh you can make you really pretty good money and you know six figure plus and there was a friend of mine that was driving a bus and he worked he averaged average average 65 hours a week so he was working six days a week plus um, another couple of shifts on one of those days. So he was working a 12-hour, 14-hour day. Mm -hmm. And then I asked him, why are you doing that? And he said, well, my wife is used to a certain standard of living. And mm -hmm. so I have to do that in order to meet the expectations that she has for the standard of living that I have to live with. And... And he and so he, then he asked me, "What is, what is, what's it like in your home? What does your wife say?" And I said, "Well, I'm not married. You're not living with anybody. No, I live by myself. You mean you get to do whatever you want to, whenever you want to?" <laughs> yeah. I said, "I said, yeah. If I want to go someplace, I go someplace. If I want to stay home, I stay home." And he said, "Oh, that would be so nice, right?" Because <laughs> because their just their relationship was dysfunctional yeah because it wasn't a equal partnership and that's that's a huge thing we get into these traps again of trying to make something work because we've invested in it and we hate to lose that investment and more we hate to leave lose the dream of the potential and of the forever and whatever it is, right? Like there's, there's so much that we wrap up into these stories we tell ourselves about life and what it means. And to me, I look at a successful relationship to me it are two people who get far more out of the relationship than they put in. Like I know if I put in a kind word, he is flying high all day, right? Like, so that is, he gets far more out of it than it took me to write a little note and stick it in his lunchbox or, you know, to buy the chocolate bar that he loves or whatever it is. <laughs> that is a successful relationship. But when you're at the point of, you know, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that, at, that's the point where I'd be like, okay, so maybe we need to revisit what 
we're in this relationship for? Because is this relationship serving us as individuals or have we become servants to making this work? That is so, that is so brilliant, by the way, um, because we all do that. We all do that. My, uh, um, my former wife uh, on a Sunday. Now, I was a general manager of a uh, restaurant. So I worked every weekend. I worked late into the night on Saturday and Fridays. And, and Sunday, Sunday was Seahawk Sunday. That was my, that really was my, my naughty pleasure for the week was to sit down and to watch a Seahawk game. Yeah, yeah, sure. However, it was also her Sunday and she liked to work in the yard. And she wanted me to work in the yard with her because we would get more done. And so it became of like, I was now watching the game by myself because nobody ever, she'd assigned projects to the kids and ever and, and stuff. So it was like, it, it, be, it became a real argumentative piece because yeah. all I wanted, I was working 65 hours, 60 hours a week. All I wanted was to watch the game. Then I'll do something. She couldn't see it. And I think I a think, lot of us do that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for me, it's a collaborative effort. So if something is critically important to you and something is critically important to me, then we sit down and we say, how can we both get the most out of this life that we've built together as individuals and as a couple, right? And I don't mean like, can we collaborate? Can each of us give something up in order to make this work? But how can I get what I need and you get what you need, understanding that if we don't create a life that is the best possible life for both of us, we won't have that relationship. And then we'll be doing whatever the frick we want anytime we want to, but without that person in our lives. So that, that to me, that really lays it out. First, is this person a far, far more positive experience? Do they bring value to our lives in a way that nobody else does? And if that is the case, then how do we work together? How do we collaborate to build the best life possible for both of us? How do we both, like, how do I serve you? How do you get what you want out of life and how do I support you in that? And then I look for the same thing from you. And if we're not joyously doing that, that's not a relationship that I want. I don't want you reluctantly doing things for me. I don't want you to be um, bitter or regretful or resentful. I, I don't want any of that. You know, that's not, to me, that's not what belongs in a relationship. Passion and love and desire and need and, you know, support and validation and belonging and acceptance. That's what belongs in a relationship. As far as I'm concerned, the rest of that can go hang with the rest of the world. Because if your relationship is not filling you up, too overflowing, the rest of life 
drains you. How are you going to survive if your relationship is draining you as well? Well, you're not. And that's a sad thing is that it, a lot of, it, a lot of people, it just doesn't work. And, but I, but you know, the thing is, um, Heather, most of us, when we're sitting here having that conversation with ourselves and the other one, we're not, we're too close to it. It's too mm -hmm. difficult for us to step back and to say, you know, well, what about, because it's the what abouts that are going to get us what we need to do. And this is where you come in is we need to hire a, a third party who can come in, who has a clear understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing, which we may not even understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. We're just doing it because that's our parents did it or that's what we think or we're not paying attention to all of these things. And so you need someone like you to come in and to say, all right, everybody, make your list, do the thing and, and to help people out because there are a lot of good relationships that I'm pretty sure have gone by the wayside because they did not know how to address each other or to help each other or to take care of each other's needs. And that is a crime. And so and do you find that to be true? I think um, a lot of the time we are busy living our traumas ah. instead of living our lives. Like we go into the next relationship carrying our baggage from the last relationship. And as soon as like anything sort of triggers any of that trauma, we're bringing it in, we're opening it up, we're putting our clothes in all the drawers of this relationship. And even if that wasn't the same person in a different suit, we're dressing them in that suit and treating them that way because we're so tightly wound and afraid of what might happen. So one of the things that I like to, to teach is that this relationship is different. This human is different. You have to take this human as their own individual and set your own boundaries so that you can co-create the life you want. It is a magical thing that when you are in a relationship that works for you and works for the other and you're all mm -hmm. and you're all overflowing, it's a magical thing. It doesn't happen very often in my experience. Maybe that's because I'm not a, uh, a coach who can a relationship coach who can work with a lot of people that that then have that success. Uh, we only have one minute left, my friend. And first of all, I love you. And I want you to come back and see us again because your information is so vitally important. Will you do that? Absolutely. Awesome. And uh, the second thing is I want to take, you've got about a minute. Mm -hmm. and I want you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Um, it's not your fault. It is not your fault if you have craptaculous boundaries. We are socialized to have poor boundaries. We are not taught how to have relationships. It is not your fault. Moving forward, I hope that you will take it as your responsibility to do better for you and for the people you love. Um, and if you need help, I've got a book, Take No Poop, spelled with S-H. I've got a workshop. I've got... Um, a an app that is free and of course i do coaching and i would love to help you find your way 
Did you really say craptaculous? I did. Is yeah. that even a word? I mean, you knew what I was talking about, for <laughs> sure. It was very self-explanatory. Heather, Heather <laughs> I make Klaus, up a lot of words. <laughs> Heather Claus has been our guest. Go to my.curiouser.life. Find out all about her. And uh, she's just delightful. And she's pretty smart, too. So, by the way, we're going to be back at 3 o'clock. We've got a great author for you. And we're going to be on Kixie. So come back at 3 o'clock on 8.80 a.m. on Kixie. And we'll be right there. And, by the way, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you at 3 o'clock on Kixie. <laughs>